From the crease between Orson Welles' second and third chance, it's the IGN Digitized. So please welcome two-thirds of the third man, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. Oh, yes, Bob. Who sent that one in? Why? Because. Why do you care? I care. Joe Evert. Uh, What, are you going to give him something? Yeah. Does does he get a check? No. Start the show. Okay. Stop paying attention to me. That was brilliant. Yeah. It's okay. You like how we we pretend to converse with Bob, (laughs) even though it's all completely (laughs) recorded months ago? No, it's not. Yes, obvious it is. No one wants to know how the sausage is made. They just want the comedy. They just want the sausage. Yes. Wait, here's the thing. Speaking of sausage, hmm. I want to know what's in this white box. Go ahead. Open it. Really? You mean yeah. I'm going to get you? You're going to let me open this white box? I'm going to let you open it. I don't, don't know what's in this, but it looks really – well, there's nothing in it. Oh, wait. Oh, there's oh yes, there's something in it. Go ahead. This is the kind of junk that we get. Do you, now, do you know what's in this? Have you opened this? Of course I know what's in it. This is the kind of stuff that. Uh, <laughs> what the? Look at this! Look at this! It's a big. It's what? Robo Geisha. Yes. Now this is a Robo Geisha <laughs> DVD that came wrapped in some sort of a pink decorative Asian thing. Asian thing, and there seems to be a little scroll. I'm going to guess this is the one sheet. And you know what? I hate when they do it. I know. Because you're just going to rip it. I hate when they yeah. tape it like that because then it's just going to get ripped. And you yeah. know what? This one's getting ripped. Do you mind if this is ripped? Oh, no, not at all. Oh, yeah. I, want, I really was desperately wanting to keep all the swag that came with the DVD. I, I, you know what? Screw this. I'm just ripping the freaking hell out of it. I mean, seriously. I know. I mean, why would they tape it like that? Why would they tape a piece of paper like that when you well, really just want to unroll it and you want to look at what I assume is going to be the one sheet? A little tiny one sheet for Robogeisha. There it is. Yeah, there it is. That's fantastic. Isn't that, fabulous? that was so worth waiting for. And what else is in there? I don't know. What else is in there? Ooh, uh, a fan. Uh, you know, Japanese-style uh, yeah, fan. exactly. Look at that. Awesome. The last time I got a Japanese-style fan was in Japan. Ow! I just splattered the splitter, went into my finger with a <laughs> freaking fan! Because <laughs> oh. it's a quality fan. Oh my god! A splinter just went into my finger. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, you know what? Screw this thing. Send the uh, send the medical bill to, uh, <laughs> to Jesus the Christ. Send the uh, the bill to the people with fun, fun of me. <laughs> email us at gods. Why is she bleeding? Look at that. Email us at gods at digigods dot com so that Mark can that. understand how to get the splinter out. Now the splinter's out. Now it is little tiny bleeding. Yes. Robo- well, the, the good people at Funimation. No, said, they're not that good. <laughs> they're really not. They injured me. This is this was the biggest swag package we've ever gotten from Funimation, who usually does anime, but they do a lot of live action stuff of uh, of kind of Asian cult films as well. And uh, we received a DVD of Robo Geisha, which apparently has been around at a number of fests lately, and. Uh, you know, there's a certain school of exploitation genre Japanese filmmaking that's been around forever and includes all kinds of very, very odd and peculiar films. One of my favorite of which is the uh, um, the Legend of um, uh, Zipang, Z-I-P-A-N-G, which is just a completely wild and crazy anachronistic samurai and ninja movie. 
But uh, anyway, this is sort of in that vein. Robogeisha, there's just absolutely no way to adequately describe this. Um, yes, painful. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a cyberpunk thing, and uh, it's it's a little. It reminded as long as we were talking about the the uh, fembot episodes of the Six Million Dollar Man last week. It, it reminds me a little bit of that, actually, but it's with a much more insane and weird Japanese spin to it. But actually, kind of a, a nice little odd and quirky. Uh, Film, if you know about and understand and are kind of prepared for this very bizarre style of Japanese uh, Japanese indie filmmaking. And I thought that'd be a nice way to start the show. We've got a really crowded show. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Great TV, a whole lot of new movies, um, a whole stack of the first official onslaught of Blu-ray 3D or 3D Blu-ray titles has arrived. And we got a bunch of those this week. We're going to talk about those. And then we also have listener mail. That's and, mail. And a giveaway. The give, not, not the, this is the giveaway from last week. We're going to announce the winner who gets the Blu-ray of The Expendables. Wow, look at Maybe that. We're about halfway through the show. It's a jam-packed show, Wade. Jam-packed show. Let's start it up. Let's start it up. First of all, Mark, we're going to talk about a movie a lot of people haven't heard of, but we're going to talk about it because it's really good. It's called Insignificant Others. That's in slash significant others by a filmmaker named John Schwert. You know why we're talking about this, Mark? We did the audio commentary. <laughs> yes, we did. We sure did. Is there a copy for me? Uh, there will be. They, this, they, 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 they only sent us this one copy. You got to be kidding. No, just so far. I'll ask him to send more. Yeah, you got to email the guy and ask him to send yeah. one more. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get him soon. You want me to email him and ask him for one more? Yeah, you better. You, no, ask him for, well, this is our, this is our review copy, but uh, ask him for, for a few, for I'll, a batch. I'll ask him for two. Ask him for a batch. What do you mean a batch? A batch. Anyway, uh, yes, Insignificant Others is uh, – we did the commentary for it. This is from Vanguard, and uh, this is actually a really cool uh, psychological drama slash thriller made for very little money uh, but done in an incredibly professional way. We are obviously not uh, – we're totally biased in uh, reviewing it, but we really urge you to watch the movie and then listen to our commentary. Um, I, I think this is great. This is, uh, represents a kind of indie filmmaking that exists out there that doesn't always make it to theaters, but which you can learn a lot from. Uh, if you're a film fan, if you're a, an aspiring filmmaker, this is, this is what you can do in the, in the digital era. And it, uh, it's encouraging to me because there's so much noise out there. The, uh, the digital, the availability, the ready availability of digital tools to make movies inexpensively has resulted in a lot of junk. But you can also do a lot of good stuff with very little money. And this is one of them. And there are some performances in this film that will absolutely floor you. Uh, really sharp film. Uh, all actors that I'd never heard of, but they're all very, very good, and I hope to see a lot more of them. Uh, but really, it's, uh, it's first rate. Mark? I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. And you know what? These Let me see my name on it. I want to see my name on it. <laughs> Look at that. Commentary by the Digigods, Los Angeles Film Critics Association's Wade Major and Mark Kaiser, hosts of the Digigods DVD podcast and Web TV's Stupid for Movies. You know these uh, the, these films are hard to do. You know, there's the there, it's films where you have interlapping, uh, you know, overlapping stories and interlocking stories, and it's very hard to kind of make that thing work. It's harder than it seems, and uh, Schwartz kind of does it. You know what he really does. And I like the film, and uh, we were glad to do the audio commentary for it. You know, we only do audio commentaries for films that we like. Yep. And this one was a bunch of film festival winner. It was uh, won a bunch of film festivals, and it's good stuff. Good stuff. Absolutely. And, of course, as it's the holiday season, that means that, once again, BBC's Pride and Prejudice is now being re-released. Now, what they usually do with Pride and Prejudice, this, of course, is the... Uh, 
the uh, wonderful television miniseries of uh, Pride and Prejudice starring Colin Firth and Jennifer Ely that got people swooning over Colin Firth all over again. Uh, they usually re-release uh, some big hunkin' uh, you know, gift box of this thing, and this now is finally on Blu-ray. So A&E has obliged us with a really good Blu-ray release. It is Now bear in mind... This thing isn't going to just blow your reference standard player and television right through the roof. It is, it is not the most amazing Blu-ray you'll ever see. But it is awfully good, and uh, this is probably the best way to see it. It's better quality than I think most people saw it at the time. But bear in mind, this is Pride and Prejudice at a length of uh, over five hours. So uh, if that floats your boat, then go to it. But uh, Now's the time to rediscover Colin Firth because he is probably going to win an Academy Award for Best Actor. Well, I surely hope Jeffrey Rush wins for the same film. I think they both will. I think they will because it's, it's a tandem. You know, they have to. Now, another Blu-ray that's not necessarily reference standard but which I just cannot resist recommending. Well, Mark, any time we see a, a movie that features a woman's naked posterior in, uh, surrounded by a garter belt and stockings, it must be a Tinto Brass movie. Tinto is it Br- Thor? Yes. It's Freer Thor. What's his first name? Freer. Freer is his first name. Yeah. Strange. Yep. I always thought Thor was a first name. Well, you know, either way, it's pretty cool. It's a cool name. Uh, anyway, Salon Kitty is a Tinto Brass film from Blue Underground, who releases most of the Tinto Brass films. Tinto Brass, basically famous for directing Caligula, the uh, Bob Guccione-produced film that wound up becoming kind of a scandal with Malcolm McDowell and a lot of other good actors who had no idea that they would have some bunch of hardcore sex cut into the movie. Uh, Tinto Brass just makes these weird Italian softcore films, and he has for years. This one is set in uh, Berlin just on the eve of World War II, and uh, it, it really has very little to do with, with, with history or period or anything. It's just more of Tinto Brass's uh, softcore indulgences. But you know what? There's an audience for that. It's got a few interesting extras, including an interview with Tinto Brass and uh, an interview with the production designer. But uh, it has been out on DVD before. It's now out on Blu-ray, and uh, not, not bad. I'll tell you, these films aren't that well shot, and they're kind of grainy, but the uh, Blue Underground does a good job of uh, maintaining the, uh, the integrity for Blu-ray. So it's not bad, not bad at all. And then uh, The Extra Man is on Blu-ray. This is a very odd film starring Kevin Klein. And Paul Dano, and uh, a, with a just it, it, this is one of those movies about you know a, an older guy and a younger guy, and he kind of the older guy kind of mentors the younger guy. There's a whole mess of these scent of a woman and uh, and uh, uh, Ed Wood and uh, what was it, Wonder Boys. There's a whole lot of the, this this genre. It's kind of a weird subgenre. Well, I, I like Wonder Boys a lot. Yeah, see, I'm not that keen on any of them. The Curtis Hansen film. This movie here, I I did not like. This movie's just odd. Uh, Paul Dano basically plays this young guy with all kinds of sexual issues, and he goes to the city to try and find himself. And Kevin Kline is sort of an older, eccentric ex-professor who's become kind of a weird late-life gigolo. It's a very peculiar film. Very peculiar. Well, the, the problem with films like this is that you get characters who are quirky for the sake of being quirky. Yes. You know, they're not re- – yeah, and Kevin Klein, who I love, and it's always great to see Kevin Klein again. He plays a character who, who maintains a particular lifestyle by escorting older women to their high society yeah. functions. And that's how he's able to sort of live this lifestyle. But really, he's completely or utterly poor. It's and, so uh, you know, it's one of those roles that Klein takes and runs with it. The problem is that it really – 
it's not a it, it thinks it's a character piece, but it's not. Yeah. It's just it's just a it's just a very out there flamboyant sort of movie just for the sake of being out there and flamboyant. I I, I didn't really like it. Well, it was directed by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini. And that's that's not good because they have not done a good film since American Splendor. No, and and that's and that is really unfortunate because American Splendor is a very good film, but they they're kind of uh, treading water, and and I I hope they come across some good material because American Splendor really was very very good. Anyway, it's on Blu-ray. It's a lovely transfer. Just a very peculiar film. Uh, what you got there, Mark? Uh, one of the more controversial films of the year is I'm Still Here, which is the uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Casey Affleck documentary. This is the uh, culmination of uh, Phoenix's year-long, if not more, year-long basically prank where he pretended to quit acting and start a rap music career. And obviously those who remember his appearance on David Letterman where he looked very disheveled and distracted, uh, that entire interview is not only in this film but it also really got that whole thing out there to the masses what mm-hmm. was Joaquin Phoenix doing on Letterman why was he acting so weird is it a hoax is it not we all knew it turns out it was a hoax of course it was we all knew that now this film when I saw it I gotta say it bored the crap out of me but it did grow on me a little bit after after I once I thought about it I, I it, it grew on me a little bit eventually the thing is it has huge this is really a short film it should have been about a 25 minute kind of joke for the internet it shouldn't have been a feature film. There's not enough material here to sustain a feature film. But that being said, the, the stuff in it that works uh, between those long stretches that don't work really – those those bits work really well. But there's just no question that this thing was a hoax. And you can even when the film was first released, they were trying to pretend that this was like a document. Well, it wasn't. You can tell that everything in it is staged just from the way that – where the camera is. The camera anticipates where people are going to be. I mean if they wanted to try and leave the impression that this was a spontaneous – real kind of faux documentary, they didn't put it together very well. No, and that's Casey Affleck who directed. Now, special features, there's uh, audio commentary. There's a couple of audio commentaries, and uh, you know, there's like there's actually an audio conversation, which is different from an audio commentary. Those are okay. Uh, there's an alternate ending. I thought there'd be more outtakes considering how much they probably shot. There are some deleted scenes uh, with commentary by Casey Affleck, the director. But, um, you know, it's an interesting experiment. Again, it did grow on me uh, when I thought about it afterwards, but it just might bore the hell out of you while you're in it. But that's I'm still here on Blu-ray. It looks good. It was shot on d- digital, so it's it's kind of grainy and on-the-fly-ish looking. That's part of the aesthetic. Um, so this is not really a Blu-ray standout type of a release. But um, you know what? I'm going to give this a pass. I'm still here. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a bit on board. Uh, yeah, it took me a while, but I'm a bit on board. It's kind of more a rentable deal. It is a rentable deal. Yeah. Speaking of rentable deals, Eat, Pray, Love. Eat, oh, this. This is on Blu-ray. This is the uh, Ryan Murphy film based on the uh, best-selling uh, book. Rather fortuitous that we talk about this the same week as The Expendables because they were released theatrically the same week. And, in fact, they screened the same night because you, we had to see them. Uh, we had to sort of – you had to go to one. I had to go to the other. We had to do splits for Stupid for Movies. And uh, you went to this one because you had a date. I went to this one because I took it. It was so funny. I, 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 t- I took this girl who I thought would just just swoon over over being taken to see Eat, Pray, Love for free at the mm. screening and the premiere, whatever. So I'm standing in line with her, waiting again to Eat, Pray, Love, and mm. I say, just as a piece of trivia, I say, hey, you know, The Expendables was uh, was screening across town. Same time. And she says, I would much rather have seen The Expendables. That's a cool girl. And also – but it's funny because she did something in Eat, Pray, Love. Don't go there, folks. She did something in Eat, Pray, Love that she could not have done if we had seen The Expendables, and it's this. 
Expendables screened in a small uh, screening room. Eat, Pray, Love screened at a commercial theater. And so we're sitting there in our seats waiting for the movie to start. And as the lights go down, she reaches into her purse and she pulls out a bottle of champagne and a couple glasses. So literally, during the entire movie, we sip champagne. And I was worried that she wouldn't be able to pop the cork quietly because, you know, it's still a movie theater. And the, the movie's loud, but you can hear a cork pop. But she did a pretty good job. A couple of people turned around and, you know, maybe thought it was funny. But it was a very cool, romantic kind of date to have a girl take a bottle of champagne out of her purse and have us just share the whole bottle during the movie. It was awesome. Pretty cool. Now, the movie, of course, is terrible. <laughs> um, you know, the, the I don't know what to say about this. I just don't. You know what? And you know what? Well, it was a popular book. I mean, the book was like uh, kind of one of those cult. Uh, I don't want to say it was like you know Kerouac or anything, but it sort of had the same. It had. It was like Kerouac for the uh, for the audience of the View, right? Right, and she goes to Italy, India, and uh, Indonesia. Notice that yeah. each one starts with the letter I because it's oh. all about she's, you know, she, I is trying yeah. to improve her life. Yeah. And so she goes to Italy to eat, she goes to India to get spiritual, and she goes to uh, Bali to uh, love. Surf. To surf. And I, I find it strange that um, in the end, this film still tells you that a woman needs a man to be complete. How funny. I always thought that was a little disingenuous of the film. Well. You know, look, Julia Roberts is a movie star. She's still a movie star. She doesn't do all that much work anymore, at least recently. But she's still uh, fine. But I, I just – I didn't dig it. What I love is – this is – I find this fascinating. The um, That a lot of these – like Sony – this is the little sticker that Sony's putting on some of these things. And this one has it as well. Maximum high def, six times the resolution of DVD. I don't know. Is that a selling point? Uh, a lot it, of people do. A lot of people really care. Well, you know, it's not a selling point if you still own a, a crappy TV. Yeah. See. You know, people need. If, look for it to be six times. Look, what is six times? I mean, how did, I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. That's the thing. They're trying to sort of bring D, the, the whole Blu-ray concept down to the common person's way of grasping things, and I just don't think it works very well. Well, anyway, moving on to that same evening when you were seeing Eat, Pray, Love, and I was grumbling because I had wanted to see Eat, Pray, Love, but you had said, well, if I get a date, I'll see Eat, Pray, Love, and then you have to see Expendables, and of course, I got stuck seeing Expendables. Turns out, I got the better end of the stick. I actually liked the Expendables. I didn't mind it at all. I, uh, I thought it was, uh, it was what the A-team should have been for a fraction of the cost, uh, and not, you know, it was an original story. And, you know, you don't need to know the backstory of all these guys. All you need to know is they're a bunch of tough guys. They're soldiers of fortune. They're mercenaries for hire. And um, it, it, it works. There's a couple of romances in the film, one with Stallone, one with Jason Statham. The Jason Statham subplot, uh, romantic subplot, is terrific. Um, and Stallone does what people expect him to do, and it's a fun film. I, I, it was, you know, not a lot of CGI, a lot of real action in it. Some fun stunts, and uh, I just like the collection of it. Even though I don't know any of these wrestlers, I actually enjoyed the film. So The Expendables on Blu-ray, pretty sharp. Tons and tons and tons and tons of special features, more than you can possibly imagine. And they did a really, really good job on this. So I tip my hat to Lionsgate. They really knocked this out of the park. This is a... Uh, a three-disc set, but of course, you know, disc two is the DVD and disc three is the digital, uh, the digital copy. So all the stuff is really on the Blu-ray. Uh, but it includes some really fun stuff, including a uh, 2010 panel from Comic-Con and uh, an archive of all the marketing materials. So you just, if you, you know, you really get your money's worth with this. 
And um, appropriately, we're now going to give one away. This fabulous, swanky uh, Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy combo. So, Mark? Ooh, do I get to participate? You get to participate. Yay. We have 47 people who emailed us for this. Wow. 47. So, right now, pick a number between 1 and 47. Uh, 42. Ooh, 42. Let's see what 42 is. That's 47, 6, 5, 4, 3. Tim Teets. Didn't Lo- Tim Teets just win something? I think he did. Oh, Tim. Tim wow. Teets is disqualified forever. Tim Teets. That's unbelievable. Well, anyway, Tim Teets of Pennsylvania, you just won the Expendables. We'll be sending that out. Um, fabulous. Well done, Tim. That's, uh, gosh, just 42. Look at you. Well, I you, didn't, you had no idea how I'd organize Well, it was the year my, my mother was born. A lot of long-time listeners applied for this one, and uh, by golly, you nailed it. Yes, I did, because I'm cool. This one goes off to Tim Teets right here. This one in my hand. Mark, are you a fan of Ken Follett? No. I, the only Ken Follett movie I ever remember seeing, based on one of his books, was um, Eye of the Needle with uh, Donald yes, Sutherland. Yes, yes. And uh, yes, directed by... Um, the guy who'd go on to do the Star Wars film and then die. Uh, Ir- Irvin Kershner. No, no, not Kershner. No, the other one, no, yeah. Marquand. Yeah, Richard Marquand. He directed that. Well, anyway. With Kate Mulligan or something like that. Here's what they sent us. Not only did they send us the Blu-ray of Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth, which was this just really kind of, well, decently made but kind of soapy miniseries. It's basically a miniseries that takes place in the Dark Ages or at the end of the Dark Ages about a guy who's going to build a cathedral and then runs into the – runs afoul of the evil cardinal, right, the evil machinations of church and state. Um, rather a silly, silly miniseries, but it's got a decent cast. Uh, but, you know, it's really, did they have to just drag this thing out? Anyway, uh, they not only sent us the miniseries with Donald Sutherland and a million other people in this thing, uh, Matthew McFadden and Rufus Sewell and Ian, Mc, Ian McShane. It just goes, it's a, it's a huge cast. But they also sent us the freaking book, Mark. You get the book. I don't want the book. No, stop that. I'm never going to read this. <laughs> it's a big, huge book. Isn't Ken Follett just kind of a cheesy guy? Yeah. He, he writes these sorts of books. They're, uh, you know, airport. Oh, my God. This thing's this thing is many, 900 and – I know. Is, this way. Let's see. Hang on. 999. One, this thing is 1,000. Hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping until I get every page. This thing is 1,007 pages. It's ridiculous. I'm going to read the last line of the book. Go ahead. After that – they called him Billy with Jesus. That is the last line of the book. Yeah, that's that's literature, people. <laughs> there it is. You don't know what to do with that book, do you? <laughs> Absolutely not. So anyway, uh, what is that Planet of the Apes you got there, Mark? Space Chimps 2, Zartog Strikes Back. No, I guess not then. This is just terrible. <laughs> It's the sequel to Space Chimps, where a comet is a what? chimp. They made a wants, sequel to Space Chimps? He wants to go into outer space, and the mission control Space Chimps. Boo. <laughs> uh, it's all CGI Space Chimps. Boo. You know what I prefer? Kill the Space Chimps. Lose space it. Space it. No. Chimps. No. Here's, here's what we want. Dead Space you like Dead Space? I like Dead Space Chimps. Now, that's the movie I'd see. There you go. No, Dead Space. 
Dead Space is a is a Corman film that comes in a double feature from Roger Corman's cult classics with the Terror Within. Uh, here's here's what I love. I love the tagline for Dead Space: "In the coldness of space, even hell freezes over." You like that? It, it sounds like the riff on uh, "In space, no one can hear you scream." Exactly. Anyway, you uh, don't get much by way of extras here. You get an audio commentary on uh, Dead Space with uh, Fred Gallo, who actually directed the film. Uh, I mean, these are sort of more recent Roger Corman schlockfests, but they're still quite entertaining. So I would uh, I'd say if, you, if you're enjoying the, this particular series from Corman and uh, uh, Shout Factory, definitely check it out. This is the one I prefer, Not of This Earth, uh, starring Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords, of course, the former porn star who was kind of notorious for a moment because she made her films underaged. Uh, but once she became of age, she transitioned to making schlocky movies and schlocky television. And uh, I think the best thing she ever did actually was Blade. She shows up for a moment at the beginning of Blade with Wesley Snipes. Not with Wesley Snipes, but she's like a vampire chick in that opening scene, which is actually a very cool sequence. I don't know if you remember it. It's the club, the vampire club, where the, the sprinklers turn on and blood comes out. Delicious. Yeah, okay. You're a fan of Tracy Lords, are you? You know what? I'm I'm not a big fan of the of the porn girls. Really? I have to say I'm not. Okay. I admit it. Okay. Well, anyway. Well, anyway, this is actually a very very silly film. Uh Tracy Lords is not a terrible actress, but she's also not a good actress. But um she basically plays a woman who's hired to be a nurse for a character, a very strange odd character played by Arthur Roberts. And um it gets a little the relationship gets a little weird. And there's a reason for that. Things are not as they appear to be. And the title, Not of This Earth, tells you everything you need to know. It's no secret here. So it's uh, all these movies are kind of, you know, the throwbacks to the B-movies of the 50s and 60s. But, uh, that was, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a kitsch factor to that that is, that is enjoyable. WarnerArchive.com is where you can find all kinds of really cool old films from the uh, Warner Archives, television and feature films, that uh, you can order... To own, and uh, they don't, you know, they're not going to put these out in a brick and mortar stores, but they'll make them available to you if you order them from the site or if you want to stream them or whatever. Uh, this is a film from um, the director Kinji Fukasaku. Now, Kinji Fukasaku is probably more famously known for things, the classic Japanese film Battle Royale, which we love. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of other cool gangster films, but Kinji Fukasaku also made The Green Slime. Mark, you a fan of the Green Slime? No. As long as we're talking about alien invasion movies? No. No? Okay, well. It's green, there's some slime. It's campy, funny. Yeah, it is. It's silly. It's silly. Uh, it's a little bit like The Blob, uh, but somewhat. You know, it uh, basically, the it, it it's all about, you know, space aliens, space monsters, and uh, this thing, whatever it is, the green slime comes from an asteroid, and it's uh, it's campy and it's cheesy, and it's a little bit odd. It's got an interesting cast, including Richard Jekyll. Remember Richard Jekyll? Sure. He was in uh, Starman, and uh, yeah. a couple, I think he was in a, might have been in a couple of Twilight 70, Zones. 70s and 80s. Yeah. He was really like the man. He was a really, just a very, very successful character actor. Anyway, a uh, peculiar little movie that, uh, you know, from a Japanese filmmaker that may have slipped between the cracks. Rated G. Don't worry about it. It's not scary. It's not freaky. It's just odd and weird and kind of schlocky. But uh, I'm going to recommend this, The Green Slime. It, this is the remastered uh, edition. You can order it at warnerarchive.com. And uh, it's a little cult classic that will probably just slip you right by. 
We're going to get into some documentaries in television here in a minute, but uh, last couple of things. The Douglas Sirk collection that was released not too long ago included a film called The Tarnished Angels, starring Rock Hudson and Dorothy Malone and Robert Stack. This is uh, now finally out as a solo release. You can uh, definitely check this out. I would rent it probably, not necessarily own it. This is a, uh, a Depression-era drama that's uh, really, really well acted. Not one of the best Douglas Sirk films, but definitely worth checking out. Nice intro from Robert Osborne on that one. And then uh, some months ago, this was released, but we didn't get it until now. The um, uh, Tartan DVD, I'm sorry, the Tartan Blu-ray of Nine Songs, which is not a completely successful Michael Winterbottom film. As Mark knows, I have a problem with movies that uh, were like nine songs in the title. You start counting them down. You count every single song, and then you know the movie's going to end after, you know, the ninth song. That just, you don't focus on the movie. But... The thing that made this kind of a big deal was that it had real sex in it. They cast a couple of actors specifically so that they could have them be not recognizable, not you know name actors, and they could engage in real sex, and it wouldn't be pornographic. It would be intimate. I don't know if, it, if it's entirely successful that way. Um, it's definitely an experiment, which Winterbottom does every once in a while, and more and more these days, but... Um, you know, if you are a Winterbottom fan, I would say take a look at it. It's Blu-ray. Uh, you know, the film was shot digitally, so it doesn't gain an enormous amount in in Blu-ray. But uh, Winterbottom fans won't care. Mark, talk to TV. Talk oh, to TV. TV. Wait, the big one this week is uh, Deadwood, the complete series on Blu-ray. Holy cow! Now this uh, show was very well shot, so it looks great on Blu-ray. And uh, I'm a big fan of the West. I have to actually have to. Uh, I'm sort of reading other things now. I want to go back and refresh my Western memories. You're big on Wyatt Earp and all that stuff. I'm, I've read a bunch about Wyatt Earp. Just because just Wyatt Earp is the quintessential Western lawman. I mean, if there are yeah. books written about others, I read those too. But he's the guy that everyone writes about. Yeah. And plus, he's also, he's also the, the, the thing with Wyatt Earp, he's also the guy that like, through everything he went through, all the famous fights that were famous at the time, and they're famous now, Wyatt Earp never got shot. Wow, really? No. So he was like, he's famous for being a, like this almost mythic survivor more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of his brothers got killed, but um, uh, Wyatt Earp lived to a very old, very old age. You must love Spectre of the Gun. That must be your favorite Star Trek episode. <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> the worst. Uh, okay, 36 episodes, 13 discs. This is good stuff. I liked it a lot. Um, bonus dish. Bonus disc. <laughs> Uh, David Milch, all about the endings of the, the ending of the show, a Q and A with the cast, a tour of the set, an audition reel, which is awesome, and uh, that's what you got on Dead with a complete series on Blu-ray. Buy it; it's good. Bravo. Twilight Zone season two on Blu-ray. They're finally coming out with the Twilight Zones on Blu-ray. Some of these are so old they're not really salvageable in terms of Blu-ray quality, but it, 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 the, the improvement is really marginal. I gotta say, uh, comparing the old to the new, it's really marginal. Uh, you know, and that's because the old, the original DVDs were very, very, or the last set of DVDs were done very, very well. They went through several iterations on the DVDs, and the by the time they finally got around to the complete season box sets, they were very good. So now we're using the same masters for Blu-ray, and the resolution's improved, but not that dramatically. Good stuff on this uh, season two Blu-ray regarding um, extras, audio commentaries by uh, uh, Don Rickles and Bill Mommy and Cliff Robertson, Dennis Weaver, Shelley Berman. Good stuff. Isolated music score also. Don't forget, you know, Bernard Herman and Jerry Goldsmith, they did music for Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone had oh, I know. great music. Amazing music. Including, I mean, Bernard Herman. 
And they had a lot of those scores that were released uh, through very Saraband on vinyl back in the 80s, and I started buying most of them. Back in the day? Back in the day. You know, Wade, there's uh, also 15 radio dramas, and I'm going to give you a name of a guy who was involved with the radio dramas. Milton Berle. The name of an actor you have not thought of in 15 years. Shelley Berman. Daniel J. Trevanti. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Remember Daniel J. Trevanti? Yeah, Hill Street Blues, man. I love that show. Yeah, that was a great show. Uh, anyway, uh, Twilight Zone season two. Buy it. But obviously more. Oh, my God. Edris Elba, who's an actor who's sort of uh, breaking out a little bit right now. People really like him. I think I think Edris Elba is like the new um, Andre Brower. Like Andre <laughs> okay. Brower never really he – was, he was so commanding and, yeah. and really impactful, Andre Brower, and all the stuff he did. E- and, even especially as playing the uh, – wasn't he the ship's captain in Poseidon? He yeah. was. He was. And, uh, I mean, maybe not that, but, um, somehow his career didn't take off as well as it should. He's on that, uh, I think he's on that, uh, TNT show with, um, oh yeah, he is the men of a certain age. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Idris Elba plays Luther. This is a two disc set from the good people at the BBC. Idris, of course, is famous for the wire and Luther is a, um, he is a detective and you know, the, the setup for this show isn't much because he's like a detective and he can, he can. He's very, he's very empathetic. He's not really psychic. He's right. sort of empathetic. He can look inside the bad guys and tell you what they're thinking and feeling and whatnot. And um, the show isn't bad for a BBC thing. Groovy, you know. Groovy. Um, but it, but it is just another detective show. Seventh Heaven final season. Thank goodness. This is the show with uh, Stephen Collins and Catherine Hicks, two two veterans of Star Trek, which is all I care about. <laughs> And by then, by the, uh, the last season, everybody decent had left, and now you're left with like Lorenzo Brino and Nicholas Brino and George Stoltz as oh. the, the kids. And the although Hel- although Haley Duff shows up, she plays one. She I played- like I like prefer I prefer Catherine Hicks on uh, Tucker's Witch, which will never be on DVD because I was the only person that watched it. That's true, Tucker's Witch. It's so cool. Five discs, 22 episodes. There you go. Seventh Heaven. Please don't buy it because it's stupid. Okay. <laughs> Lego. Heart, Hero Factory from Lego. You know, they're finally starting to kind of get Lego out there. This, the, the, I, I heard a rumor that they're making a Legos movie. Just like Battleship. Just like Candyland. Did I mention I was, I, was at a, uh, I was at a Halloween party for little kids uh, and there was a little kid there dressed as a Lego. Now, I have not been there, but I've heard from multiple sources that Legoland the amusement park near San Diego, California, is turning into a transformer. No, is super cool. I've heard really? it's awesome. Here's what I've heard about Legoland: counterclockwise. Like when you get there, go counterclockwise. Because if you go clockwise, it's the way everybody else goes. So go the opposite way, and then you'll get on everything first. I, that's what I've heard. That's what people have told me. I, I'm just passing the word on. Don't shoot the messenger. What does that mean? Well, it's like a circle. What's a circle? The Legoland. I've never been there. I couldn't tell you. It's a circle. You go in a circle. Everybody goes the same direction. It's like a cattle call. So you go against the grain. You go counterclockwise. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. You did not know that. Thank you, Johnny Carson. I did not know that. Yeah. Hero Factory, Rise of the Robots. This is a Lego thing. Who cares? Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. A little listener mail, and then we'll get into some uh, some cool documentaries and uh, maybe some music if we got some time. Uh, Frank Vero writes us and said, you guys will from time to time mention that a Blu-ray looks as good or better than it did projected. I was wondering, what do you watch your discs on? Do you use some high-reference set or retail Panasonic plasma or the like? 
Uh, just wondering as I work in retail and have my opinions on what looks most natural, but I'm interested in a professional take. And I told him, I, of course, I use a, uh, a sharp television with uh, LED backlighting and an Oppo Blu-ray player. And you watch on your PlayStation 3. I watch on my PlayStation 3, and I have a, uh, a Pioneer 43-inch uh, plasma. Lovely. Well, I asked him, being as he is in retail and had his own opinions, I asked him uh, for his opinion. And here's what he wrote. He said, I know... Um, uh, he, he works at Best Buy, and he says, I know videophiles will see a difference between a 200 Panasonic Blu-ray and a $200 Samsung, but I have no idea what it is. If you step up to Pioneer Elite or Denon, you'll get richer and deeper blacks. But it, if your TV can show it, it's another story, which we often talk about as well. Uh, he says, TVs, quick version, uh, dynam- dynamic contrast in televisions is a useless stat. It's range of white with brightness all the way up to black with brightness all the way down, and every manufacturer measures it in a different way. Um, he uh, Plasma versus LCD versus LED, he talked about a little bit. I won't get into all the details. Um, but uh, here's what he says about brands. Uh, LCD, LED, Sony, Samsung, LG, and Sharp Quatron are the highest contrast. Sam is, Samsung's the least natural, but the most saturated. Um... Plasma, Samsung, and Panasonic are tops. Samsung is the same story as LCD. Panasonic is the deepest black's most natural colors. And then he says, uh, overall, best second and best, uh, best, sorry, best 2D and best 3D, Panasonic VT25. THX mode is great. And then in a similar vein, Kevin Lower wrote us and said, how are films projected these days? You talk on the podcast often about how many older films are best when projected. Do you mean using film? And what about digital projection? Is this like using a high-end digital projector, sort of like the ones found in, any bus- in a business conference room? And how are 3D films projected? A man in a back room pulling out a giant reel of film and loading it into a huge projector seems like a scene out of an old movie, but is that how things are still done? Um, actually, quick, uh, yeah, a lot of films, in fact, most films are still shown with a big giant reel of film. That's right. And those film cans are heavy, and they cost a lot to truck around and to manufacture, and that's why a lot of people at the studios and distributors want to move to digital because you, you, you're not carrying – I mean, I've, when I was an usher, we, and you too, you carried those film cans. Those things are a pain, especially 70-millimeter cans. They're huge, and they're heavy. And they take forever to cut the reels together and to load them. But that is how it's often done. Now, there's a lot of digital projection. But digital projection is a higher resolution than uh, even HD, substantially higher resolution. You hear them say things like 2K and 4K and now even 6K with a lot of digital IMAX. Here's how this breaks down. Uh, when high def is either 720 or 1080. Now, the 720 lines and the 1080 lines as opposed to 480, which is standard def, those are lines going vertically. That is, from the top to the bottom of the screen, that's how many lines you have. So 1,080 lines on the top end of high def, along with 1,920 lines going um, from left to right. When you talk about 2K, 4K, now you're getting into those left to right lines. So there are more lines of resolution all the ways, but you're talking over 2,000 lines in 2K, which is just slightly higher than high def, 4K is like more than double the resolution. 6K is more than triple the resolution. And that's where you're starting to get close to like 70 millimeter resolution with 6K. It's very impressive. Um, but that's how it works. And for digital 3D, that's all digital. There's no film can there. That's just a special projector with a special kind of uh, stereoscopic image digitally emblazoned in it. And uh, I don't like it. You? You love 3D. I you love it. everything about it. 
Nope, don't you, like you know, it. You live your life in 3D. Why not live the movies in 3D? Because I li- as, as our friend Tim Cogshell says, I live in 3D. It ain't that great. Thank you. Uh, Nicholas Gordon, who's often written to us, says, I have three questions for you. I know that there are three studios who own the movies in the Terminator franchise. MGM uh, owns the Terminator. Lionsgate owns Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And Warner Brothers owns Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines and Terminator Salvation. Uh, is it too much to hope that a really cool Terminator box set on the level of the Alien Anthology Blu-ray will ever see the light of day? Um, I think so, yes. I think that's going to be borderline impossible to actually uh, make all that work. Uh, those companies are just not going to cooperate with each other to that extent. You might get two to cooperate, like they did with the Stanley Kubrick box set, and there are a few other box sets, but uh, otherwise I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, there's just no demand for it, really. As Blue, Question two, as Blu-ray begins to grow, do you think franchises like Die Hard, Predator, and Robocop will ever see a really glorious Blu-ray box set? I know there are box sets already, but those are very bare bones. Um, I think probably if it if it if there's demand for it, those three I could probably see. Yeah, I, I imagine so. RoboCop and Predator maybe not so much. Die Hard I think probably. Uh, yeah, the you know the RoboCop films it's just one great film. That's it. Yeah. Although you know what I I, I think that I would love if there was a Terminator, hardcore Terminator, Blu-ray gift set. Somebody's got to take the initiative on that, and I just don't know who's gonna who's gonna be. I don't know what's gonna be. Uh, and Star Wars has been announced for Blu-ray release next year, which means all the major film series are all out on Blu-ray. So where is Indiana Jones when Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out? I was sure the others would be released. Lucas wants us to dip so much, might as well rename him Baskin Robbins. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. I think uh, it's a matter of coordinating schedules so that Lucas and Spielberg can focus. And Spielberg isn't going to have anything to do with that for quite a while because he's got like two or three movies lined up back to back to back. So I don't know that you're going to see a Blu-ray set uh, of that, maybe for even over another year. And the thing is that, you know, Lucas has nothing else to do except worry yeah. about how he's making his next buck. I know. Whereas Spielberg is a vibrant filmmaker going out and making movies. Absolutely. Totally true. Uh, and then lastly, Adam Steinbacher says, Wade Mark, just got to your podcast recently on Stitcher and absolutely love your show. You're both insightful, witty, and most importantly, entertaining. My coworkers often catch me laughing out loud with my headphones on because of you two. That's flattering. Thank you. I'd love to hear about your hopes or expectations for the Star Wars Blu-ray box set that Lucas announced he'll be releasing next year. I, for one, am a little terrified after the squandered DVD releases of the original trilogy. Um, I have zero faith in George Lucas to make any good decisions regarding the Star Wars series on home video. I won't even discuss the prequel trilogy, as it has been said thousands of times before. After seeing that, we'll, uh, seeing that, we'll most likely be forced to pay for the prequel trilogy just to get the original trilogy. Um, anyway, uh, Mark, thoughts on what we'll see? Um, yeah, I know. Uh, you know what? I think it'll be – the one thing about Lucas is that once he starts dipping well, – once he starts prioritizing technology, which, of course, he never does um, – I think he's going to wind up giving us a home run Blu-ray in terms of uh, picture quality. Yeah. I, I do. I, he, he, there's no way he can shank that. It's not going to happen. It'll, it'll wind up looking great. Uh, when it comes to extras, I don't know what else there is to say anymore about those movies. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to recycle some of the extras of the previous uh, DVD releases or come up with some new ones. But uh, it, will, it will look great. I'm telling you, it will look great. And the thing is that in the end, he knows people are going to double dip. What they'll do is they'll go, they'll they'll sell the old uh, the old uh, DVD box set on eBay, and they'll use that money to buy the Blu-rays. Yeah, true. You know. 
Well, we're going to move on now to some, uh, before we move into documentaries and, and whatnot, um, we're going to talk about some 3D Blu-rays. If you're into this, I am, of course, not a fan, but that does not preclude me from actually giving you my opinion of how these look. Now, we've got some uh, primarily documentary stuff here, and then we've got some kind of crappy movies things here. Um, here, open season on 3D. I am not a huge fan of open season. I'm not a huge fan of Blu-ray on 3D, but I do actually think that this does a better-than-average job of, uh, of selling the format. Um, open season, of course, the animated film. Funny animals. Oh, aren't they hilarious? Uh, but this is from Sony, and Sony is, you know, they created Blu-ray, so they kind of know how to do it best. And, uh, yeah, that, it's pretty decent. That's a, a pretty decent entry. Uh, less decent is Cats and Dogs in 3D, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Just a horrible movie. I don't know why they even bothered making a sequel to this. There must be a lot of dumb kids out there that love the first one. Uh, and if you have any of those children that love the first one and you are angry that I've called your children dumb, I do not apologize. Um, take them for therapy because they should not have liked this film. No human being should have liked this film. This comes with a lot of Blu-ray special features, but they're all in 2D. Not everything on here is 3D. Um, and this is what I find really funny about this, is that, Mark, on the back, they to watch the 3D version of this movie, you need, and they have the list of all the junk that you got to have. It's a little equation. Uh, full HD 3D TV plus compatible 3D glasses plus Blu-ray 3D player plus high-speed HDMI cable. Um, that's not a real selling point. You go to the store and you turn this over and you look at that and you go... Really, I don't think I want all that stuff. I well, mean, it's telling. It's just it's it's not a question of want. It's a que- the thing is that people can't afford that. I know. I mean, right now you just spend a thousand dollars just to watch a, a for the revenge of, for the revenge of Kitty Galore. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, that's you know, really. Uh, Clash of the Titans in 3D. Um, this comes with the Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, Blu-ray 3D. So you get everything here. Uh, there's, there's no way to, to – you can't see this film just from buying this one set. Everything is here. Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy. Uh, like Kitty Galore, this has a lenticular that's supposed to sell you on the whole idea of 3D. Big freaking deal. Uh, the movie blows. The movie sucks. Not even as fun as the kitschy original. I'm getting really, really, really tired of watching uh, Sam, I've got to be in every blockbuster ever made. You know, uh, he he's he's disappeared. I know. Since well, Clash of the Titans. And you know what? He's not that great. He's, he's not. He's this weird charisma hole. Yeah. He doesn't have, I don't know, man. He doesn't well, have much ter- char- He's handsome, but he doesn't have much charisma. And Termin- he's not a terrible actor. Terminator Salvation, Avatar, Clash of the Titans, all that back to back to back, a little too much. A little overexposure. But it's funny because like... All, uh, he was nobody. I know. And, and then, then he was instantly somebody. And it was instantly super somebody. Yeah. Well, uh, like the uh, like Kitty Galore, this has the little, e- the little equation on the back. It's, it's a Warner Brothers thing, and uh, it's intimidating. But, you know, I – it's just – the mo- it, it looks better in Blu-ray 3D than it did when we saw it in 3D projected because we saw it with those stupid shutter glasses at the arc light that make everything look dark and gray. That was terrible. And green. That was terrible. Those were horrible. I just took them off. I, I, it was easier to watch the movie without them, even if it got occasionally blurry. By the way, you know, last week I think I talked about how I went to go see 3D TV. Yeah. And I kind of liked it. 
Yeah. I admitted um, it. Yeah. I admitted it. These are probably a little more interesting uh, and probably use the format a little bit better because they were all originally in IMAX. So there's something about the 3D I'm willing to concede. It works a little better in IMAX, especially as it's Blu-ray. So you get a, a clarity and a little bit of an effect. Uh, Dinosaurs Alive, narrated by Michael Douglas. Yeah, fine. Totally. I'm, I'm down with that. That's, uh, that that kind of works. And uh, a lot of special features here, including a making-of documentary and really good audio. Uh, Grand Canyon Adventure, River at Risk. This is narrated by Robert Redford. It has music by the Dave Matthews Band. And uh, this has Blu-ray 3D and Blu-ray on one disc, as does the other one. All of, all of these basically do. They all have uh, Blu-ray 3D and DVD. Uh, yeah, this is cool. It, it works, you know. It's uh, the Grand Canyon, and it's not quite like being there. But it's, you know, has a certain panache. And then Wild Ocean. Um which is – there's something – I'm willing also to concede that when you get underwater, something about 3D kind of sort of works. Kind of sort of works. Not completely. I'm not totally sold. But for some of these kind of travelogue documentaries, I'm willing to cut them a little bit of slack. Yes, Wade? Yep. Mark, what do we got elsewhere on the documentary front? Uh, Van Gogh, Brush with the Genius. This was originally an IMAX film. That's why it's only 40 minutes long. And uh, here it's on Blu-ray looking just fantastic. This but is not all- 3D. Not, no 3D Van Gogh. That is correct. Oh. This is straight, all-American, Blu-ray only. This is um, a documentary about Vincent Van Gogh's painting. It uh, retraces his uh, life during the years that he made these paintings. There was a nine-year period where Van Gogh painted more than 900 paintings. And some of this is told from different perspectives. You know, museum researcher talks about it. Um, the a film director talks about Van Gogh, and of course, quote unquote, Van Gogh himself, played obviously by an actor. Um, so it's interesting. Follows uh, Van Gogh's footsteps, and uh, if you love Van Gogh, you'll love the way this is uh, this is shot, showing all the detail of Van Gogh's classic paintings. Last week we talked about Winnebago Man, and uh, here it is on DVD. I like this movie. This was uh, kind of a fun thing. This uh, Winnebago Man is a guy who starred in uh, one of the mo- one of the first viral videos ever made, and it's about a guy who was shooting a Winnebago infomercial and had a legendary profane Hall of Fame meltdown, and that meltdown wound up uh, being circulated on VHSs all over the 80s, and this is the story of finding this guy who disappeared for over 20 years until the documentary filmmaker tracked him down. Uh, Now, Charles Bukowski is, uh, you know, I I like Charles Bukowski's personality more than I like his writing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I don't like his personality or his writing, but I understand why he's iconic. Yes, this is a uh, two-disc set called One Tough Mother. This is uh, a bunch of readings from uh, Bukowski and uh, a couple uh, featurettes on his life. And uh, I like this thing. If you like Bukowski, you really should pick this up. Charles Bukowski, One Tough Mother. Uh, This is good stuff. Live poetry readings in the early 80s in Redondo Beach, California. And, of course, the featurettes. Wow. Good stuff. We got a bunch of junk from uh, National Geographic. Haven't had a lot of Nat-, Nat Geo stuff for a while, but there's some – going into the holidays, this is nice stuff to give to mom and dad because it's not that demanding. Uh, forces of Nature, Closer Than You'd Ever Want to Be. And, oh, they always have interesting narrators for these, narrated by Kevin Bacon. And uh, this is just about all of the – you know, when man gets a little arrogant, nature kind of has to smack him in the head every once in a while. Stupid and man. Stupid man. 
Just so dumb. It has a little making up featurette on it, but on Blu-ray, this, this is what's cool. These things they get, they show you real stuff. It's not CGI. It's just great National Geographic uh, videography and cinematography, and it really, really translates beautifully to Blu-ray. Uh, the, here you get you know tornadoes and storms and uh, earthquakes and you know it just it'll intimidate the daylights out of you. And by the way, I was just saying we need another earthquake in Los Angeles. We really do. Please, oh please, make that happen. You know why? Because it'll clear away the freeways. Like, all those people are always just clogging up. The, they'll all move back to the Midwest or wherever. They, every time there's a big earthquake, huge exodus leaves Los Angeles. People freak out. They can't handle it. They don't want to be here anymore. And they leave. And then the freeways aren't so crowded for a couple of years. And then what happens if your home crumbles? Well, I'm not looking, like, for an 8.0 or 9.0. Like, just a, just a nice, good little 5.9 shaker. Just kind of uh, put uh, put put a jolt into people, but don't don't kill people. Yeah, don't like knock down freeways or anything, but just really just kind of shake them good. Just a good, like a good spanking. You're mean. I know. Uh, on Blu-ray and on DVD, the uh, Glacier National Park as part of the National Parks collection is fantastic. Don't be deceived by the little corner tag that says 3D, because what it really says is includes 3D interactive printable map. It's not in 3D, but they, they throw that there to uh, just kind of, uh, I guess, to be a little deceptive. Anyway, don't be deceived. This is part of the uh, 100th anniversary of Glacier National Park. That doesn't mean it's been there for 100 years. It just means it's been a national park for 100 years. I mean, really, the mountains, as if they were just there for 100 years. Can you imagine? Uh, Glacier National Park is beautiful. I've never been. I've got to go. After seeing this, it'll just floor you this place is fantastic it is an unbelievable treasure and uh they do a wonderful job especially in blu-ray to uh, kind of give you a a sense of the place absolutely uh, a must see uh a little bit more on the journalistic end is inside the dea which was uh, aired on the national geographic channel and um uh, you know they do better stuff. I think sometimes on the History Channel, but this is this is good investigative journal, not even investigative journalism, just good kind of television journalism. And uh, you can, you know it's not what you normally expect from uh, Nat Geo, but it really puts you inside uh, an organization that we usually kind of only hear about whenever there's something catastrophic that happens in Colombia or Mexico. Uh, another one that was aired on, originally on the Nat Geo channel is 24 Hours After Hiroshima, uh, or Hiroshima, however you want to pronounce it. This humanizes that event, which uh, is still widely debated today. Did the U.S. have to bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki, or could we have won the war without doing it? And uh, regardless, it's important to know the stories of the people who survived it and uh, really to kind of get immersed in the human side of it from both sides. And uh, this, is, this is a really, really intense, kind of daunting show. Uh, Great Migrations is fantastic. This one's narrated by Alec Baldwin, who, by the way, we were talking about this earlier, Mark. Tell, tell the people why Alec Baldwin is our favorite actor right now. Well, because Alec Baldwin has, done, has shot two commercials for Wegmans Supermarket, awesome. which is a small chain supermarket in upstate New York. It turns out that Alec Baldwin's mother is a huge fan of Wegmans. So I guess his mother actually uh, helped convince Alec to do two commercials for Wegmans. I mean, this is Alec Baldwin, Oscar-nominated, one of the coolest actors on the planet at this point. He has gone up to upstate New York to do two commercials for a damn supermarket. And it it is the most bizarre commercials ever because he is so sincere talking about how much he loves the pies 
and loves all the stuff at the supermarket that you keep waiting for the punchline. There's no punchline. That's pretty awesome. He loves Wegmans, or his mother loves Wegmans. I, I like those little neighborhood stores. They're they're good. Yeah, but how often do Oscar nominated actors on hit sitcoms oh. go to upstate New York to shoot a a, a small chain supermarket commercial well you know what else he did he narrated great migrations yes he did so uh great migrations is this is national geographic at their best i would love to see this in blu-ray but i don't have it in blu-ray i got it in dvd so i gotta live with that but uh this thing took years for them to make and it was just enormous teams this is one of those one of those globe trotting things that just it's the, the the sheer effort that went into this is mind-boggling and uh, just incredible photography, incredible filmmaking all over. And it is, is all it is. It's about the migrations that animals make uh, just as a part of their kind of instinctual drive to reproduce. And it is really, really amazing. And uh, it'll blow your mind. It'll just blow your mind. Uh, a couple of bonus programs on here, Science of Migrations and Great Migrations Behind the Scenes, but uh, this is fantastic. This is absolutely fantastic. Probably the, the best actual documentary of anything we've talked about. And then lastly, Inside Hurricane Katrina also aired on, the, aired on the National Geographic Channel. This is the commemorative edition that looks back on that tragic, tragic, horrible event, which we have to remember, the tragedy of Katrina wasn't that it was just the most daunting hurricane ever. You know, even a smaller hurricane that would have hit an area that would, that had, you know, if the levees failed in uh, New Orleans on a lesser hurricane, it would have been just as catastrophic. It was, it was about the failure of human engineering and, uh, you know, emergency preparedness and all that kind of stuff. And that's what just makes this thing so devastating. But if you don't mind, you know, I, the, uh, the Spike Lee film is the one that um, really is kind of the, the standout documentary about Katrina. But, uh, can't, can't get enough. It's too tragic of a historical event. Got a couple minutes left, Mark. What do we got to wrap out with? Oh, we got a, a documentary on Clint Eastwood that I'm not a big fan of. This is called Steel Gaze. And then the subtitle is the uh, awkwardly worded, an, auth- an unauthorized story on Clint Eastwood. Uh-oh. An unauthorized story on Clint Eastwood. I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> says Steel that? Gaze. This is a documentary about uh, Clint Eastwood. But you know what, uh, guys, really... Steel Gaze is not the one to get. There's other stuff to get. There's other books to read. Guy's still articles. alive, for crying out loud. Well, plus, this seems very just sort of uh, cobbled together. I mean, yeah. it's just not good. All right. Uh, so I would pass on Steel Gaze, an, an unauthorized story on Clint Eastwood, whatever that means. And uh, i got to talk about Sam Kinison because any Sam Kinison thing is a good thing. This is a Comedy Central tribute to Sam Kinison called Back from Hell. Now, this features uh, material from uh, Dennis Leary, Chris Rock, and Jay Leno. When I think of two comics that couldn't be less alike, I think of Jay Leno and Sam Kinison. But you know what? Jay loved all those guys. And, I mean, they all came up together. They were good friends. Wow, Sam Kinison. That's uh, still such a loss. Anyway, uh, we are uh, – that's it for our show. So you can catch us uh, at uh, stupidformovies.com every Thursday evening at 8 o'clock Pacific time. We uh, will not be doing a Stupid for Movies show Thanksgiving week, but of course this podcast continues every week. We will be late, however, the following week, the week after Thanksgiving. This show will be uh, probably about a day or so late, but uh, look for it anyway. And uh, you can email us at gods@digigods.com, gods at digigods.com. Please visit our Facebook pages for the Digigods and for Stupid for Movies, or go to stupidformovies.com uh, and uh, participate in the forums. And uh, Mark, what else do we have? Oh, we have nothing but to say goodbye. 